Welcome to the Life Chapters podcast, Real Women, Real Stories. Hi, I'm Stacey, and I am super passionate about showing everyday women like you that they really do have a story to share. In my opinion, everyone deserves to be heard. And on this podcast, you will get to meet some pretty fabulous women who have amazing stories to tell. Some of the stories you hear might trigger you, but they're all spoken by the women who lived them. Some of them will make you smile, some of them might make you cry. So on today's episode, I am talking with a lovely lady called Gemma. Gemma and I met on Instagram many years ago now, I think. Um, But I'm going to leave it to Gemma to introduce herself. And Gemma, just start, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are in the world, and what is the story that you've got to tell us today? I am 29 and I live in Northern Ireland, um, sort of about 20 minutes outside of Belfast. So basically the story I have to tell today um, is about baby loss and baby loss awareness. So um, in May 2020, uh, we found out that we were pregnant with our first baby. So all excitement, um, you know, we'd been married for about three years and it was just, you know, it was like perfect timing. Um, we were actually, we're getting organized to move to like a bigger house and stuff and like everything just seemed to be falling into place. Then in September 2020, um, I went into the assessment unit, um, the maternity assessment unit, um, just with like a little bit of cramping and stuff and um, wasn't really sure what was wrong. And it turned out I was in preterm labor. So I was immediately brought round to the um, delivery suite and I, I was basically told because I, I was 23 weeks, there there was nothing really they could do. Um sort of viability in Northern Ireland starts at 24 weeks. I know it's different in different places of different areas, different places of the world and stuff. So um, in general, Northern Ireland is 24 weeks. So um, I was 23 weeks. So yeah, I was basically told there was nothing that could be done. And it was just, it was just a waiting game to see, you know, if I could hold out to 24 weeks, but unfortunately I couldn't. Um, And our daughter Darcy was born at, 23 weeks and three days so she she wasn't really eligible for any intervention from like the NICU team or anything like that unfortunately um again it's the 23 week thing so she lived for two hours um so we had two hours with her before she passed away um so basically then what happened next was I was like transported into this, you know, this mad world of, you know, what happens after a baby dies. And it was just, it was just crazy. Um, You know, even just there's different rules and regulations about, you know, if a baby dies at a certain gestation and things like that, which is, is totally unfair. Um, and even things like just, just how people, you know, reacted to us. We find that there was there was definitely two two different types of people. There was the people who wanted to say something and anything, and the people who just, you know, never wanted to see us again, basically, because it was too awkward and uncomfortable for them. So we sort of find that along with losing Darcy, you know, we we lost other people in our lives who just 
they just didn't want to speak to us because it was too uncomfortable for them. Um, and then, you know, we got, we got the people who just wanted to say anything at all. And that's sort of, that was whenever I realized, you know, there's so much misunderstanding surrounding baby loss. Um, there was this sort of like, you can have another one mentality, like, oh, you're really young. You can have another one. And, you know, I think people were trying to almost comfort us in like telling us, you know, oh, there was, there's a girl I worked with. She lost her first baby, but she went on to have two more and like, she's fine now. And it was like, people don't get it. (laughs) How did those types of comments make you feel? For a while, I was like, am I, am I the weird one here? Am I, am I the one that has the issue being so like traumatized by this basically? Like, you know, I wasn't sleeping at night, you know, like, like I wasn't sleeping at all. Um, you know, couldn't couldn't bring myself to go back to work. Like it, it was really really hard. And I, for a while, I was like, "Is it me? Like, am I the problem here? Like, am I the one who doesn't get it?" Um, and you have all these statistics thrown at you. You know, like, oh, well, like one in four pregnancies end in a loss. Like it's one in four, so it happens so many people. And you know, everyone knows someone that it's happened to, and it's not a big deal. It's fine. You know, you can have another one. And it was just like you know is this my is this my fault do I am I not getting this um and then it was actually a couple of weeks after Darcy died Chrissy Teigen um her baby Jack died and she had posted about it on social media and again it was all these people commenting you know why is she sharing this like we don't need to know like why is she sharing these pictures and things like that and then that's when like it's sort of like the the anger stage hit me I was like no I was like these are our children and we're we're allowed to share about them how did that show up in your life I think it was basically you know I had this child and I didn't have a platform to talk about her because whenever I spoke about her it made people feel uncomfortable it made them feel awkward and I was I was like why you know the fact of the matter is people die and you know we we have to make a choice as to whether you know we just pretend it didn't happen um or just speak up and talk about it um and I think I was also desperate to connect with other people going through the same thing and I didn't have that opportunity because this all happened during lockdown so you know there was nothing happening there was no support groups um services within the NHS you know bravement midwives and stuff they were all redeployed um to you know work as you know actual midwives and stuff so you know you didn't have those services and you know I I just needed someone to talk to and someone to tell me that you know I wasn't going insane that you know maybe someday I will sleep through the night again and you know I'll be able to go into a shop without without feeling anxious that people are going to look at me like I've got two heads basically um so I had my I had my Instagram page just for posting recipes and things like that and I just I just started posting about really you know what it's like to lose a baby because you know we we get hit with the one in four statistic all the time but like who talks about it so it was whenever I I basically started posting just about our experience and then all of a sudden all these people were messaging me like people I knew people I didn't know 
um about how they had been through the same thing and just just felt they couldn't talk about it because it it just makes people feel so uncomfortable and um like I suppose I was sort of thinking well you know if it's if it's hard for other people to talk about imagine what it's like for us like having to live it every single day so basically sort of what happened next then was um I got pregnant with our second baby Jack um and this pregnancy was totally different in that I was on consultant-led care and I was monitored basically on like a weekly basis um and everything was going fine until around 20 weeks um where the consultant saying that I was showing signs of um going into preterm labor again so um I had a surgical procedure um called a cerclage done basically the next day to try to try to prevent um this happening again um so unfortunately again I'd only held to like 23 weeks and then I was brought into hospital and I was brought I was brought into the main hospital in Belfast the Royal um because they they have the regional neonatal unit so they can take basically what's known as like micro preemies so um babies born before 28 weeks so Again, we were in sort of the same scenario there, though, where we had to we had to make it to twenty four weeks. So we made it to to twenty four plus three, um, and Jack was born in a bit of a traumatic whirlwind, um, to be honest. So he he was taken straight to neonatal, um, and he he was doing really really well. Um, we sort of. Once we got through the first maybe two two weeks or so, we were like, okay, you know, he's made it through sort of like the hardest part and he, he had overcome so much, you know, he had overcome like a lung hemorrhage, his lungs collapsing, brain hemorrhage, um, his bile perforating, neonatal sepsis, like so much stuff. Um, and then we got to the point where he was like a month old and it was you know, all the conversations were changing. It sort of changed from like, you know, well, if he gets home and if he makes it home to like, okay, when he makes it home, you know, he was he was doing really, really well. Um, then whenever he was five weeks, yeah, five weeks old, um, he just became became like acutely unwell, like within the space of like an hour or so. Um and was really quickly diagnosed with neck. Um so it's neck necrotizing intercolitis and it's something it sort of only affects premature babies really um so he became just acutely unwell and um they're they sort of they did everything to try and help him um and they attempted like two bedside surgeries he wasn't well enough to be moved to like a theater so surgeons came to his bed and attempted two surgeries on him and just unfortunately it it didn't work and um he passed away then just like 24 hours later after being diagnosed so um that was like the biggest shock and I think with with Darcy you know we we were in the hospital for a couple of days and I think we we knew like we knew we weren't going to make it to 24 weeks and you know, we knew the outcome wasn't going to be good, but with Jack, it was completely different because, you know, we thought like, well, yeah, he's in hospital now, but, you know, 
eventually he's going to come home and it's going to be fine and everything's going to be okay. And so I think like the shock of that was just unreal. And like, we, we just find ourselves back in, back in that position again. And like, there, there was part of me, you know, I remember sitting thinking the next day, I was like, we, we have to go through this awkwardness with people again. And like, you know, I, I shouldn't have had to think like that, but it was like, you know, the anxiety surrounding like the simplest things like you know going to do your groceries and it's like am I gonna bump into someone and are they gonna either ignore me or say something that I don't want to hear <laughs> um and it was like I, I can't believe you know we have to do this again um what was it was it different the second time round yes in in a way yeah um I think well, there was the initial shock factor. Um, so you had the initial shock and then sort of once the shock wore off, it was it was different in that we had more time with Jack. So as much as we missed them both, there was a lot more to miss about him, if that makes sense, because we had all that time and, you know, different plans and things like that. So it it was different in that sense and we had more stuff for him as well. Like we didn't have anything for Darcy, but obviously, you know, in those five weeks, like people have bought us presents and, you know, coming home and just seeing all of those sitting, it was like, you know, what are we supposed to do with these? And I like, I didn't touch them to be honest for a couple of weeks. Like it was just sort of like walk past them every day and was sort of like, not really yeah. sure what to do with those. Um, and there is there's there's no there's nobody giving you any guidance or or an instruction manual or or anything to to tell you how to deal with that situation. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, and I think that's what's hard as well. And that because people don't talk enough about this, you know, it's it's hard to find people to turn to, like not so much for advice or whatever, because I don't think you know everybody's different and everyone handles things in different ways, but that's where I have found like Instagram and social media to be so so helpful because there's other people like me who just who just want to talk and want to talk about their babies and their experiences and it's been really it's been really helpful to me and I think a lot of time like social media and like particularly Instagram gets this really bad reputation and for me it's been the total opposite really um it's sort of give me the opportunity to to make people who are going through the same thing as me just little things that you know making me feel like I'm not going insane of like the things that I'm experiencing um one of the things that um, me and Simon have talked about quite a lot is whenever your child dies you suddenly have this fear that like you're going to lose your partner as well and I, I don't know where it comes from because I like we we've never felt like this before you know we're I'm in my 20s, Simon's in his early 30s. And like, you know, we, we've never, ever felt like that before. But, you know, I remember it was about a week or so after Darcy died and we felt like we just had to get away. So we booked an Airbnb and it's really, really bad weather. And Simon said he was going out to the shop. And as soon as he left, I just had this like intrusive thought. I was like, he, he's going to get in a car accident and die when he's out because I could just think of like the weather and he didn't know the roads. And I sat on the sofa in the Airbnb and just cried my eyes out because I was like he, he's not coming back and then it's 
it sounds so weird unless you've been through it. Um, and you know, this went on for months. You know, every time he went out, I was like, is he coming back? Or, you know, every time, you know, he was like, oh, I have a bit of a sore head or I don't really feel well. I was like, he's dying. Like, what, what's wrong with him? You know, just these horrible, intrusive thoughts. And I was like, I am I going insane? Um, and then I started talking to other people who had also lost a baby and basically the same thing had happened to them. And I was like, okay, it's, it's not just me. And yet I know to people listening to this, it probably sounds absolutely bizarre, like as to why, and I don't know why that this happened. And I think probably that's something different that, you know, after Jack died, I, I didn't have thoughts like that in the way I did after Darcy died, because I was like, know that he's going to be fine you know it's fine and I'm able to talk myself around a bit better as opposed to you know just letting all the thoughts get in and it keeping me up at night that something bad was going to happen and yeah it it sounds weird but it but but to be honest our our minds are a really complex thing and it doesn't sound crazy to me because when I lost my husband I thought I was going to lose my daughter and it and it was it was the next sort of stepping stone on that pathway so I can fully understand where you're coming from when we were talking about this you you were saying that lots of people don't want to talk about your children and they want to sort of sort of not hide not hide you away or hide them away but they avoid the subject what what how does that make you feel and what are you doing to sort of try and counter that I suppose it depends what day you ask me on on how does it make me feel because sometimes I just have the mentality of well screw them like I don't have to be their friend anymore if they don't want to speak to me I don't have to speak to them and then other times it's like it's really sad because you know it's it's people we've known for a long time and been friends with for a long time and it's hard to like lose them as friends um especially for this reason and then, you know, it's hard to suddenly not be invited to things anymore. And because you already feel, you already feel really isolated and alone in what you're going through. So then whenever, and I know a lot of this has happened during lockdown, so that hasn't helped, but we're out of lockdown now. And suddenly, you know, you're not being invited to things and, you know, just people don't want to speak to you. And it's just, it's hard. Um so yeah, it depends on what day you ask. Sometimes I'm in the oh, this is really crap sort of mood, and then other days I'm just like, no, they're not worth my time. So it really it just depends. And what's the sort of overarching message you would like to leave with my audience about having lost two beautiful children? What would you like to say to people who are listening? Mention the baby, basically, is the is the main one you know it doesn't have to be any grand gestures or anything like that but just checking in you know ask how people are ask how they're doing um sometimes people don't want to talk so you know ask do they want to talk about their baby or um do they want to talk about what they're going through and you know some sometimes they won't and sometimes I don't you know sometimes you know I'll be sitting happy chatting away about something else and someone will bring Darcy or Jack up and I'm a bit like taken by surprise and I'm like read the room like I you know (laughs) 
I don't want to talk right now, like, but then there's, there's sometimes I do. So, um, you know, just, just try to support people. Um, you know, if then, if you know that a friend has lost a baby and, you know, at, at any gestation, you know, I've had friends who have went through miscarriages and stuff and, there's times they've said, you know, they, they almost feel brushed off because, oh, it was early. You know, it's it's not a big deal. And, you know, it, it is. It's such a big deal. And, you know, just try to support people as best you can. And always, if they have, give their baby a name, always use the baby's name. Like, none of this it or anything like that. <laughs> It's so important, isn't it? It's so important. As, as parents, you you went through the process of choosing your baby's names. You gave them beautiful names. And, and, and I followed you for a long time on Instagram. So I've seen the pictures of your beautiful babies. So yes, Jake and Darcy were real human beings and yeah. they absolutely deserve to be remembered. Yeah, that's definitely it. And, you know, again, everyone like remembers their babies in different ways. Everyone, you know, they do different things, you know, what's right for me wouldn't be right for someone else and vice versa sort of trying to read that as well um you know I I really really struggle with people saying things to me like oh you know sometimes we just don't understand God's plan or you know God needed another angel and things like that I really really struggle with that whereas I know that would maybe bring other people like comfort but for me I'm like no like I I can't hear this like so yeah just just trying to read how how other people um are handling things and how how they respond to different things and try not to be totally offensive basically <laughs> and and it and it will be different for every single person I think that's really yeah. important. you touched on such an important thing that you are an individual, your, your two children were totally different, different circumstances, and it will be different for every woman and every family going through it. Yeah. And definitely. what is the future? What are you looking forward to now? Um, so basically our, our sort of next steps, I'm still off work at the minute. Um, basically, we, we've been to see private consultants and stuff and have been told like the, the only way I will carry a child potentially full term would be um a surgery it's called an abdominal cerclage so we basically want to try to get that done while I'm still off work because I I'm a very practical person in that like am I mentally ready to get this done probably not but practicality wise I'm very like I'm off work. I want it done now. I don't want to go back to work to have to take six weeks off for a surgery and things like that. So we're currently on the waiting list for that. And then other than that, I, I don't really know at this point. Um, Just sort of as cliche as it sounds, just taking every day as it comes. And yeah. You're, you're, you're talking to the lady who's who's mastered that one step at a time yeah. sort of idea. There is no better way to do it because as you know yourself, doesn't matter what hopes and dreams and plans you have, you can really only see in front of you today. Yeah, definitely. And I think I'm I'm sort of trying to learn that a bit. Um I've got a very impatient I want everything now personality. And you know, even whenever we met with the consultants and stuff and he was saying, you know, there's about like two to three months waiting list for this, I was like I want it done tomorrow. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I can fully appreciate that. I, I am another impatient person. Anybody that knows me well knows that I want things done instantly. So I'm really trying to just take every day and just see how things go. <laughs> so I'm asking all of my guests if they've got a life quote or a verse or a saying that they sort of they live by or what sums up their sort of experience. So could you share yours with us? Yeah, so I think in the last year, um, my go-to quote has been, the scars you share become lighthouses for the people who are headed for the same rocks that you hit. Um, so it's basically, you know, people people who shared their story before I did helped me. And I'm hoping that by sharing everything that we've been through, um, that will help people who have just started out on this journey. Um I try to be as open and honest um, on my Instagram posts and stuff as I can. And, you know, even if it can help one person feel like they're not the only person in the world going through this, then to me, I've done my job. You know, that this is what helped me um, in a time where I was really isolated and there was no services available to help me. Instagram helped me because I got to read about all the other women who have been through this and shared their stories and I was like okay as awful as this is I'm not the only person that this has happened to and it's it's awful you know it happens to so many people but it's it's also a relief that other people shared their story for me so I'm hoping by sharing my story it'll just it'll help someone basically. And it absolutely will. Um, I can only say thank you for being honest and open with us today. I will make sure that all of your Instagram account and everything is is labeled up in the show notes for people to go and follow you. But please tell us where we can find you online. Yeah, so I'm I'm really only an Instagram user. Um, I don't have a blog or anything like that. So my Instagram handle is at the undomesticated wife. Um, the username comes from when it was purely a food blog. Um, it's now food and a lot of baby loss awareness in between. I think you're doing an amazing job and keep up the good work of talking about Darcy and Jake and letting people know that, that there is a way forward through the darkest of times. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gemma. What a powerful story. If you want more information about my guest or their story, check out the show notes. All the details are there. I would love to know what you think about this episode. Head over to Instagram at the Life Chapters Pod and tell me what you think. I really would love to know. And if you have a story to share and you want to do it here on the Life Chapters podcast, please get in touch. My door's always open and I would love to give you the platform to share your story. Mm-hmm.